I had this interesting experience on the internet on Friday morning. There was two teams, uh, two fan bases, I should say, going after it, going after each other, the typical insults. And one fan base is like, you know what? You worry about your running back who's due 47 million and all this other stuff. And you're like, oh, somebody was talking about Justin Fields. No, no, no. They were actually talking about Josh Allen. And it kind of just puts into perspective that everything that we've been going on with with Justin Fields and a little bit of it, you know, honestly, like, you know, how many games has he won total in his NFL career? Ten, five last year. Whatever. I know that Tyson Bajan, uh won a couple of those games. We don't want to take away. We don't want to take away from Tyson Bajan. Um, But it's interesting that somebody like Josh Allen, who I, I feel has established himself as one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL, he still has to hear the rap that he's a running back who plays quarterback. It is, it is just absolutely fascinating to me. And so I just kind of, I, you know, I, I don't know. And it, and it just kind of puts into perspective everything that we're going through right now. Um, fans are terrible, like, you know, like, especially fans of opposing team. We need, need to really block out the noise. And what I'm really hoping is that uh, we're going to get some clarity on where the bears are going to be moving. Again, we mentioned it with bear down cuz this week, like, Last year, it was March, like early March, when we found out that DJ Moore was going to be a member of the Chicago Bears. They sent away that first pick. I expect that answer to be actually earlier this year. And if you were expecting any answers from the press conference yesterday, I don't think that we got those. We're going to get to those in just a moment. But first, Sammy, let's go ahead and start the show. Turn up your volume. Because you're about to listen to The Sick Podcast with Adam Ray. Trying to cut it back. Justin Fields making magic happen. There goes Fields. Touchdown. The Sickest Chicago Bears and Fantasy Football Podcast. Sports entertainment like no other. It's going to be sick. Hey everybody, welcome to the weekend edition of the Sick Podcast with Adam Rank. Thanks to all of you who are being here today. Uh, we've got some information to go over from the press conference yesterday, uh, which will be actually was Thursday, uh, depending on when you were listening to this. Want to kind of break down some of the information that came out of there. Not a ton of information came out, but still it was great to get an opportunity to to meet the new offensive coordinator, Shane Waldron, the new defensive coordinator, Eric Washington, one player or one player, one person we did not get to meet though, but was announced. Jennifer King uh, is going to be the running backs coach for the Chicago Bears. A pretty significant hire. I know a lot of people will look at it. And I listen, I know how Bears fans like if Bears fans don't like Justin Fields or a quarterback who runs, I can understand. I, I know I, I I can only already see the takes formulating, but Jennifer King does come with a pretty lengthy NFL resume. She spent some time as an intern. With the Carolina Panthers, she was on the Washington Commander staff last season. She was a decorated college athlete, did play professional football on her own. So she does have some credentials. And again, I think that one of the things that you want from a coaching staff is a lot of different perspectives. And it actually leads to something that Matt Eberflus said off the top of his press conference yesterday, what he was looking for from his staff. So, Sam, if we can actually do it, let's go to what Matt Eberflus said right off the top of that press conference on Thursday. Look for in our coaches. You know, we, I talked about some characteristics, you know, with the staff a couple weeks ago, kind of onboarding those guys. 
you know, and it's really about a few things that we talked about. And it's really about being creative. You know, you want to be creative and you want to be curious, you know, to really make the scheme go and make it go with the skill set that we have. And that's important on offense and defense. And that's one of the things we talked about. And that's why these two men are sitting right here um, with us today. You know, I, I got a lot of things that I want to unpack from this thing. First of all, first and foremost, let's go superficial. Let's start off being super. The drip. Oh, the drip on Coach Matt Eberflus. I honestly believe that he won over so many fans yesterday just by his look. Now, if anybody who knows me knows that I love professional wrestling, and you know that when a person is turning heel, like they grow out the heel goatee, they kind of change their look, they kind of, you know, they they change their persona. If you think about like The Rock, if you ever look at the early Rocky Maivia, like a goofball, like who is this person, you know, kind of chunky, you know, whatever, and then he becomes The Rock. Eberflus kind of became The Rock Yes, like a little Hollywood Hogan-esque. You know what I'm saying? Like, he really now looks sort of like a badass. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, if if, if you thought last year, you're just kind of like, yeah, you know, he seems like the, he like he seems like the opposition coach in a movie like Friday Night Lights or Varsity Blues or something like that. Now he's become the leading man. And I know it's superficial, but sometimes that kind of matters. And Jaquan Brisker was out there. Yeah, talking about like he needs to keep the fade and all that stuff. I was blown away, and it really became one of the biggest. It, it, it's amazing, like as as polarized as the Chicago Bear fans have been over the last number of weeks regarding Caleb Williams and Justin Fields. It felt like everybody came together talking about how much better Matt Eberflus looks now. And again, it's a superficial thing. It's like you know, like you you screwed around on your create a coach on the NFL Madden or the NCAA football game, which will be returning again this summer. Like he really just now like, yeah, like this is our guy and he's a leader. And it's funny because when you talk to the players, which we did over the Super Bowl week and what we've done over the course of the season, the players love him. And I liked him too. Like I really, I did really like him when I got an opportunity to speak with him and I hope to be able to do it again. I, I know that I've, I've, I've never said mean things about him. I've been like, Hey, he's a cool guy. I'm gone. I don't know if he's the right coach, but he kind of proved himself over the course of last season. And one of the things that really helped him and helped his status, you know, I I'll be honest with you. If we had Jim Harbaugh, I would not be complaining about that at all. As a matter of fact, I wanted Jim Harbaugh to be the coach. I understand that. But now that we've, you know, Matt Eberflus is our guy and I understand giving him some more opportunity to go out and kind of cement his legacy here in Chicago. I really do believe that when he started taking over the play calling, the defense switched. It absolutely switched. It became one of the better defenses in the league, especially against stopping the run. And it wasn't a situation where like, well, teams aren't, when you stop the run, that's a huge thing because typically when you see teams who don't stop the run, like perhaps like a, a team that's really good and really prolific offensively, which puts teams into one-dimensional spaces where they have to throw the football all the time to, to recapture a league. You see that a lot with like a high-scoring team. Like, hey, they're like, it's a mirage where you're like, hey, they statistically they're good against the run, but they're not because they're usually up by 15 points and the team's throwing all second half to try to catch up. The Bears were not in that situation. Nobody watched the Bears games last year. Like, we're so far ahead, everybody abandons the run. Nobody abandoned the run against the Chicago Bears, except for the fact that they couldn't do it. You just couldn't run against this team last season. 
And a lot of that was because of Matt Eberflus and he took over the team. And there were some questions coming into this off season. Is he going to continue as the play caller for the defense? Now, obviously before Eric Washington was even hired, they had made that decision. Like Matt Eberflus is going to continue to call the plays and it's just going to be the way that it is. And I, I, I absolutely commend it. You know, you see so many times with these offensive minded coaches and even the guys who are taking over this year who, uh, hey, young, hotshot, offensive-minded guy is going to be calling all the plays. We saw it with Matt Nagy. Well, we've seen it with a lot of other guys, like Zach Taylor or anybody like that. Like anybody, anybody from the Sean McVay tree or the Kyle Shanahan tree, like Bobby Slowick. I, I, okay, he wasn't, that's not the right example because he's the offensive coordinator, but you know exactly what I'm talking about. I think the defensive guys should call the plays, and I, I, I'll forget forgive my ignorance here i believe that D'Amico ryan's calls the plays in houston but don't don't hold me to that 100 i love it I, I you know what these defensive coordinators should and i love the fact that it's like yeah lean into your area of expertise you know brandon staley kind of got into it as the head coach of the la chargers by you know what like i'm calling the op like you're the op like you're not the offensive guy you know what i'm saying like what are you doing I really love that he's leaning in on the defense, and he should. It's it's what he's good at. He can still be the CEO of this thing. He showed it at the end of last year that he can be the CEO of the of the defense, of the entire team, I should say, but still concentrate on the defense. It's what's what he should. I mean, that's where he made his bread and butter in the NFL. The reason he is the 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 coach of the Chicago Bears is what he's been able to do defensively, and you can't look at what happened at the end of last season and say to yourself, well, he, he should give up play calling duties. He should, he should absolutely not. And as a matter of fact, they asked Eric Washington about this on Thursday during that press conference. Here's what he had to say about that. Play caller. I'm pretty confident that I will do that again at some point, but right now um, I'm really confident and uh, what Matt is going to bring to the table in that respect. And I will support him. Uh, as, as best that I can. Now, and I love that kind of attitude. And again, it, it lends itself to a better camaraderie. You know, I, I think there's some guys that, you know, you get bogged down too much with the play calling situation and, you know, and it can be too much or whatever. I, I think that Eric Washington eventually, I, I think what he's alluding to is that perhaps, you know, if he, he gets another opportunity with some other team somewhere down the road, because I, I truly believe that once, as long as Matt Eberflus is the coach of the Chicago Bears, and especially if the, the Bears continue to be great defensively this year, he's not going to give that up. And there's no reason to give it up. And I think that Eric Washington understands that. And really what he's brought in to do, where his area of expertise lies, is in the defensive line. And getting that defensive line up and running. And that has been the hallmark of Matt Eberflus during the coast uh, during the course of his coaching career is making sure that that defensive line is one of the best in the leagues and when you look at roster building and what the bears have really paid attention to over the last two seasons it's rebuilding the offensive line it's building up the defensive line because we saw it last year when you make these teams one dimensional and you turn it over to a team, uh, you know, you you make that team have to throw the ball against a squad that's pretty good defensively, especially in the secondary. Uh, you create a lot of turnovers. You know, that switch really made the Bears one of the most prolific teams in terms of turnovers. Remember the first five weeks of the season, 
you know, we couldn't turn the ball over at all. Like it was a, it was a, you know, teams were, even if we held them, we were not creating turnovers. The reason the Bears found so much success at the end of last season, especially defensively, is because they were creating turnovers. And that's what they want to keep building on. And I think that it's a great idea uh, to continue that momentum. There was no reason to remove the defensive coach, who in essence is Matt Eberflus. Like that's what he's good at. Continue to do that. Eric Washington comes in there uh, to continue back with the Rockwell, like know your role and uh, shut your mouth. You're going to be the D'Lo Brown. No, no, not shut your mouth. But he's like the D'Lo Brown, who of course is a huge Bears fan as well. He's going to be the D'Lo Brown. Like that's the guy. Like you're a complimentary piece. And that's what we're building right now. And that's one of the things that makes me the most excited and really kind of, and again, a lot of this will depend on what we do free agent wise, but you understand that there are more resources that are going to be going in to the defensive line. And a big reason why is because Eric Washington is here and uh, that, that part of it's good. So when it comes to, it's so interesting with the two sides of the bears is that the defense is we're, we're pretty much locked. The only question is we have is like, are we going to be able to extend Jalen Johnson for a long period of time? He's going to continue to play for the Chicago bears. He is going to be franchise tag. He's not going anywhere. As a matter of fact, I wrote an article for NFL.com, which you can check out right now if you go to NFL.com slash rank. Uh, five players who should be traded this offseason. I started off with Justin Jefferson, by the way. Justin Jefferson, trade him. And selfishly, as a Bears fan, I said, but listen, the the the, the Vikings have done this before. Uh, they traded away Stephon Diggs and managed to survive. They've got Jordan Addison on the team right now. The draft hall that they could get this, I don't want to talk about the Vikings, but the thing of the, but I, but the one thing, the point was my editor was like, oh, is, do you want to include Jalen Johnson in this? I'm like, oh, I'm not, don't put that in me. I didn't even put Justin Fields in it. I mentioned Justin Fields off the top where we're like, yeah, a lot of people are talking about Justin Fields being traded. I'm not getting into that. And as a matter of fact, I wanted to put Russell Wilson in that conversation, but nobody, but the editors talked me out of that. Because they're like, well, nobody's going to trade for Russell Wilson. Nobody's going to do anything like that because, you know, the contract and he's got a no trade clause and all that stuff. But one of the things when Russell, and this is a dumb rumor going around the internet right now, is one of the things that people are talking about, people, somebody on the internet, so kook on the internet, it's like, hey, the Bears could be interested in Russell Wilson if, uh, if you know they draft Caleb Williams because Shane Waldron was, and I go, you know what? This is the most insane thing that I've ever heard in my life. Because did we not learn anything with Andy Dalton that drafting a quarterback? And listen, I would love to be like, look at what the Packers. Yeah, of course, the Packers were a competitive playoff football team. Yeah, the Patriots and the Packers and some of those teams have been able to draft quarterbacks and leave them on the bench to develop. And it's worked out pretty well. Hey, how how did it work for, for Jimmy Garoppolo sitting on the bench? Okay, and now you guys are throwing in five games uh, of Jordan Love as a, oh, see, this is what happens. Like, I'm, I'm still not convinced that Jordan Love's that good. And that's a conversation for another day. But you're not bringing in Russell Wilson. Like, let's just squash that right now. But we are obviously bringing in Shane Waldron. Shane Waldron, if you were going into this press conference hoping that he was going to, um, that he was going to, uh, as you know, um, spill tip his hand, so to speak. Uh, it wasn't happening. Let's take a look to what Shane Waldron has, was saying. How do you go about planning an offense, though? At this point, when you don't know, or maybe you do, but like, 
at least right now, quarterback would be a couple different. There you go. Uh, no, I think, you know, as far as planning the offense, the first part for us was building a staff, getting everyone together. And then, you know, you have staffs. So we've worked together with different people in the past. Uh, people have had different experiences. But the first part of that is really speaking our language. You know, what's the 2024 Bears uh, going to look like in terms of how we're calling certain coverages? How are we calling routes? You know, what concepts do we want to, you know, uh, have as part of our core offense when we start OTAs and we start with that building block? building block approach as teachers. So that's the first part of it. And to me, you know, having a system that's that's speaking the same language, that's multiple in its ways that it can attack a defense, you know, then you start to get the players and you start to know what your personnel is going to look like for that season. And then you build it around the player's skill set. And I think, you know, for me, uh, that's been a part of my core beliefs. And I feel like it's it's worked out well with the different quarterbacks that I've had a chance to be around over the past several years. Or maybe you do know. I love that little, like, what What a great question. Maybe you do know. And then the nervous laughter of like, ah, yeah, maybe. I mean, I don't know. We, the, the great thing about the Chicago Bears this offseason, and even going back to last year with Bryce Young and the DJ Moore trade and everything like that is like the Bears, like there's no leaks. You know, there's nothing. Like I know that Albert Breer came out and said something and some of the other guys, uh, in and around the media have their ideas of what they think is going to happen, but nobody knows. Nobody has an insight. Like whenever somebody comes out and says uh, with a declarative statement of like, the bears are automatically doing this. Like, no. And I, I think that people, that's the one thing about the internet that kind of sucks is like, people are just like, Oh yeah. Like they just, of course, this is exactly what's happening. Like of, of, you know, there, there's no doubt about it. They've already, nobody knows. Uh, it, it, no, if you're Ryan Poles, you might know. If you're Matt Eberflus, you might know. Uh, Shane Waldron, with his nervous laugh, might also know. The Bears have not been tipping their hands, and it feels like the Bears sat down with Shane Waldron, and they're like, this is how you answer this question, because you know it's coming. They were well-prepared, and it goes back to something, too, that we talked about with Carmen last year, is a lot of times Matt Eberflus seemed a little ill-prepared for some of the questions that were going to be arriving at his doorstep. And he just, he sounded dumber than he, than he, than he, cause he's not, he's not a dumb person. You know what I'm saying? Like he's not, he's not an idiot, you know? So some of those times, like it, it really did sort of, um, it seemed like, I don't know what I'm trying to say, but like, he seemed ill-prepared at times. We're like, I can't believe I'm being asked this question. Like, the Bears went out of their way, it feels like, in this instance, of making sure that Shane Waldron was prepped and ready to go. And there was no slip-up. There was nothing. And I'm sort of joking about the nervous laughter because it's just funny. And I, I think he knew. I think it's more of a sense like you know this question's coming. And it, she phrased it really in a great way, like great comedic timing, whether she meant it or not. I'll give her credit. She meant it. He just was ready for it. But he was ready for the question. And so nothing was to be gleaned from that. And that's fine. And it, and it's really just uh, basically what you would expect, you know, based on the personnel being, you know, a little bit, you know, being adaptive and everything like that. And Shane Waldron has shown during the course of his career that he can work with a number of different quarterbacks. And I think the success of Geno Smith just exemplifies that, look, there was a journeyman quarterback who was like, he's a skilled player. It's not like it's not like Geno Smith is garbage, but he's a journeyman quarterback who is now a quarterback that the Seahawks are going to ride with. 
So whomever the Bears starting quarterback is going to be, we should feel pretty confident. And that's the one thing that I wish the Bears fans would start to just kind of hunker in on right now. It's like, we're going to be fine. Like this, this should be one of the best, one of the best off seasons in Bears history. Like we should be having a lot of fun with this. We control the draft. It's kind of like when I'm coaching and I'm coaching the goalies a lot. And I'm like, when you have the ball, like you control the game. Like there's no reason to panic. There's no reason to freak out because nothing, as long as you're holding that soccer ball, nothing can happen. And similarly, as long as the bears are still holding the number one pick in the draft and Justin Fields, nothing can happen. There's nothing, nothing teams cannot plan for anything until that gets settled. And in some respects, you're like, well, maybe the bears should hang on. If the bears know what they're doing, uh, you don't have to tip your hand. Why let these other teams prepare the Bears internally can prepare, and they probably, and again, they probably already know what they're doing, and they're like, I'm still, like, there's no reason to give teams a head start or let them jump the gun, especially going into the combine. Like, you kind of want to hold that information during the combine because you don't want the team, like, why? Let Washington have to figure out which quarterback they're taking. Let New England not know which quarterback's going to possibly fall to them. Arizona could probably sit there at number four and be like, okay, we're, we're taking Marvin Harrison Jr. As long as, you know, no team jump, as long as the bears don't jump up to three or something insane. But like, even the, even the, but you cannot count on that. Like you cannot count on Marvin Harrison Jr. Being the fourth overall pick. If you're the Cardinals, because you don't know what the bears are going to do. And so there is some, like as much as we would love to move on from this, and Justin is over this S as well. He's got to know. But in any event, like, why let the other teams know? Why why give away our hands? So let's, let's start being civil because the decision's probably already been made. Uh, I do, you know what, Sam? If I could do this again, if it's possible, can we go back? I want to listen to Matt Eberflus one more time because there was something I wanted to get into, uh, but I kind of glossed over. I jumped ahead to talking about the defensive coordinator spot. Can we go back? Can we do Matt Eberflus one more time? Can we listen to that clip? Look for... And our coaches, you know, we, I talked about some characteristics, you know, with the staff a couple weeks ago, kind of onboarding those guys, you know, and it's really a, about a few things that we talked about. And it's really about being creative. You know, you want to be creative and you want to be curious, you know, to really make the scheme go and make it go with the skill set that we have. And that, that's important on offense and defense. And that's one of the things we talked about. And that's why these two men are sitting right here um, with us today. Now, as many of you know, I love the series Ted Lasso. I'm currently in season two. Um, I never finished it. I watched the first two seasons, got halfway through the third. The NFL year started. So now I reverted back to season one. I'm back at season one. I'm now on the second episode, third episode of season two. But if you're familiar with that show, you remember in the first season where Ted Lasso is playing darts against the former owner of uh, Richmond. And he's talking about the thing about like, hey, like, you know, like, I always like, be curious, be curious. And it's a Walt Whitman quote, quote, and he talks about being curious. If you were curious, you would ask yourself, do you know how to, does this guy know how to play darts? You know, everybody knows the scene. If you, and if you've watched the show, you're probably going to go back and watch it after this, go watch that clip, go find it on TikTok or YouTube or whatever. And it's a really great thing. And it, and it, and again, it goes back to like, sometimes I feel like this, this change was very Ted Lasso esque from Matt Eberflus, but the whole thing about being creative and being curious, you know, one of the things that we were upset with last year with the offensive play calling of Luke Getze 
was that way too many screens, way too lot, way too reliant on the screens, being a little bit more creative, being curious. I love that word. I love that phrase. And again, I don't know if Matt Eberflus is a Ted Lasso fan as I am, but being curious, I think was such a great phrase to put in there and the kind of people that he's bringing into this organization and on this staff is to be a little bit more creative and do some things a little bit differently and not just be so predictable and trying to find out why things are working, why things are not working. Can we do this? Can we try that? I love that. I, I really love that. As much as like we got caught up in the drip and Matt Eberflus calling plays, being creative, curious, and adaptive, like adapting to the situation around you. I think a lot of Bears fans could agree with this is last season. We would go into games and you'd be like, hey, look, we're moving the ball. We're looking pretty good. And then it would kind of stall out. And then at the end, we needed the defense to either hold on for us or we needed Justin to go out there and win the game. And there was a there was one game where he did drive. We all remember the game where he finally had the we had that plays against Washington uh, where he had to hit DJ Moore for the touchdown. There was another one where he against Minnesota drove down for the for the winning field goal. I think that being adaptive. It's probably going to be the one of the most underrated aspects of this team moving forward is being able to make adjustments during the game. And I know that sometimes when you talk to former players or former coaches and they, you know, like, hey, halftime adjustments are overblown in the fact that, like, you don't go in there and pull out a whiteboard. But at the same time, I think it's adapting to the flow of the game. If you looked at the Super Bowl this year, the Chiefs were very adaptive, which is easy when you have Patrick Mahomes, but you know, able to be like, okay, what's working? What's not working again, being curious, like what is working? Like, what can we do? Who can we exploit? Where's the weakness? What are we finding? Being able in the flow of the game to being able to make those decisions is something that the bears have lacked over the last couple of seasons. And now you kind of understand that Matt Eberflus recognizes that that was a problem and he addressed it with the hires that he made. So for me coming out of that thing, again, it would be nice to know what they were doing, but it's not its not necessary for us. We don't need to know, okay? we It would be nice to know. We could stop arguing on the internet. And, and, and again, we will not stop. Ar- like, that's another thing too. Like, we're not stopping this argument. If, if they traded Justin Fields tomorrow, the argument is still going on because the people who are pro-Justin Fields will be like, we should have done this. And, you know, like, I can't believe that. And if, and if we trade the number one pick, the pro Kayla, mostly pro Kayla people are going to be like, I can't believe that we're giving like, no, I, the bears fans are just not going to sit there and necessarily accept what I, I love that people are like, what, once we know, no, once we know it'll be even worse, it's going to be even worse. And the people that, that are dug in, like, we're going to have to be doing a, we're going to have to be very creative and curious in the way that we get the two sides back together. Uh, you know, you know, living in this country, you know, that it's very polarizing right now, not just as being a bears fan, but just your walk of life, trying to get back to where like, Hey, we can be civil with each other. At some point I would love to be like back in the old days. Uh, you know, when, when one side lost, you went over and shook the hand of the person that beat you and said, okay, let's work together and make this all better. But I really do believe that the bears have uh, done a great job with their coaching hires. And again, we don't know, like, how can you make that decision? So, I, I, we can't. But we brought in a play caller who has had success calling plays in the NFL. We have brought in a 
defensive coordinator who's had success in the NFL. And he's just going to be there as a complimentary piece for a defensive coordinator or a defensive minded head coach who has proven that he can call plays in the NFL. So at least if nothing else, the defensive side of this team is going to be rock solid and we're going to be, you know, there's no chance of regression on that side. I hope barring anything, but I really do feel comfortable. So anyways, I hope this helped. I hope you all enjoyed this. Thank you so much for joining us here today. We will be back next week for take it to the rank. We've got a lot of great guests lined up over the next couple of weeks. And of course, if news breaks, if there's a trade that happens or anything like that, you know that we will be back. Of course, follow us. Uh, make sure you've liked and subscribed this podcast and all the various different things. Make sure you're following us, like us on YouTube and all that stuff. And of course, on social media. So if anything happens, we'll be back. But until that time, uh, we'll see you on Wednesday night. And uh, bear down. Sammy, go ahead and play us out. And that's a wrap. Hope you don't miss us too much until next time. Follow the Sick Podcast with Adam Rank on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts.